Hello, good morning, One Church. My name is Erin, and I serve as the Director of Discipleship here at One Church. Before we begin with today's sermon, I just want to give a special shout out and thank you to Stachelle for working so hard on putting our Sunday services together each week. This week, I am getting this sermon to her super late because I had forgotten about some school assignments and got behind a little bit in my week, and I know that this will be up on Sunday as it is week after week, no matter what happens. Um, so Scooby, thank you so much for all that you do to support our church and especially to support me. Thanks for being flexible. Um, I just really appreciate all the hard work that you put in making sure that we can worship together week after week. So today is our second week in Advent and our seventh week in our deep dive into joy. And I am overjoyed to be with you this week to share more of, on what it means to hold space for joy in the midst of pandemic in the midst of dark of winter, in the midst of longing. Now, if you were sleeping off that turkey last week and would like to listen to our first Advent sermon or any of our past sermons on joy, you can find those in podcast form on our website at www.becomingone.church or most anywhere else that podcasts live by searching One Church Louisville. Now, if you've turned tuned into our services before, you know what this next part is. Yes, uh, this is the time when I thank you. Yes, you for being here this morning. Honestly, this pandemic is weird and difficult and exhausting, and I will continue to name that and normalize that week after week after week. Let's just be honest. And with all of these difficulties and exhausting and, and weirdness, that makes logging on to a virtual service take emotional, social, and physical effort. I totally wouldn't blame you for spending your Sunday snoozing in bed, but you made the effort to get up, get online, and join us. So this is me telling you thank you. We appreciate your effort and we celebrate your moves that you are making to walk in your spiritual journey together with our church. Please let us know that you are here in the chat so we can say hello and connect with you. And let us now center ourselves to connect not only to one another, but with God through prayer. Breathe deep. Our Lord Jesus, the gospel texts remind us that you blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So in remembering this, we ask of you this Advent, as you have forgiven us, help us to forgive one another. As you have brought peace to our world through your blood, May we seek that peace and reconciliation in all that we do, even if it costs us. Give each of us a humility to choose 
not to fight or to defend, but to relate. Give us hearts ready to engage and encounter instead of hiding or resisting relationship. Give us courage to love, to reach out, and the resilience to never give up. Give us peace, your peace, which the world cannot give. And may it lead us to be one as you and the Father are one. And may we bring you glory as we seek this peace always. Amen. Last week, we introduced Advent, a season of longing, which the Christian church together year after year practices and rehearses in December. And we talked about our longing for a God who throughout our human history and likely even in our present moments sometimes feels far away or distant or maybe even silent even as we continue to experience God's miracles. We remembered together that this longing for a distant God is just part of what makes us human. And we began to explore this idea that rather than denying this longing or distracting ourselves from it with busyness, we can instead, this year especially, lean into that longing and experience God's joy just right there. Joshua Rodenbaugh reminded me this week that hope is joy realized. The hope of joy is that joy is not dependent on our experience of God or of the world, but on God's perfect promise of presence. And this is where we'll pick back up with Isaiah and with joy this week. Now, one church, I have to be vulnerable and admit something to you all. The truth is, I'm a bit of a Grinch. Now, obviously, I don't go around stealing Christmas trees or ruining Christmas, but it really bothers me when we start celebrating Christmas before we've celebrated Thanksgiving. And because of all the time warping consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic, which we talked about last week, it seemed like this year, even people who are usually like me were trimming their trees and humming their Christmas carols right around Halloween. But I in my stubbornness, stuck it out in true Grinch fashion. I am proud of the fact that I did it. I waited until after Thanksgiving to have my first Christmas moment, and it was perfect. After a day full of leaning into Advent of hard and difficult longing, of missing my family and friends and and watching for hope in a world that seemed all too dark, my boyfriend and I piled into the car to listen to Christmas carols, to look at the small town Christmas light display 
and to enjoy the season's very first snowfall. And after an afternoon of crying, it was truly a gift of peace. And all the songs that we listened to on our car radio, they talked about this peace. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Peace on earth and mercy mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. And while all of these tunes of peace are so incredibly familiar to me, so much so that I can sing them right now, there's another tune stuck in my head and ringing in my ears more frequently and loudly this year than any familiar Christmas carol. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. And knowing that chant led me to this question. How do we as Christians recognize and celebrate this season of peace when being true to our longing, being true to Advent, names for us that peace is a promise fulfilled by justice that has yet to be reached. If we're honest with COVID, with police brutality, with patriarchy, with eviction, with mental health, with all of these things that our church has been experiencing this year, with 2020, with this Advent season, a season typically characterized by peace, it's illuminating our lack of peace and increasing our longing for it. And again, we can look at the prophecies of Isaiah to discover insight into this longing which began long before our existence and will likely continue on after us. So let these words of Isaiah 49, 8 through 26 be spoken over you as I read them and consider or make note of what you find interesting, surprising, or insightful. Thus says the Lord, in a time of favor, I have answered you. On a day of salvation, I have helped you. I have kept you and given you as a covenant to the people to establish the land, to apportion the desolate heritages, saying to the prisoners, come out to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. And they shall feed along the ways on all the bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger or thirst, neither scorching wind nor sun shall strike them down, for he who has pity on them will lead them, and by springs of water he will guide them. And I will turn all of my mountains into a road, and my highways shall be raised up. Lo, these shall come from far away, and lo, these from the north and from the west, and these from the lands of Serene. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people 
and will have compassion on his suffering ones. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your builders outdo your destroyers, and those who laid you waste go away from you. Lift up your eyes all around and see they all gather. They come to you. As I live, says the Lord, you shall put all of them on like an ornament, and like a bride you shall bind them on. Surely your waste and your desolate places and your devastated land, surely now you will be too crowded for your inhabitants, and those who swallowed you up will be far away. The children born in the time of your bereavement will yet say in your hearing, This place is too crowded for me. Make room for me to settle. And then you will say in your heart, Who has borne me these? I was bereaved and barren, exiled and put away. So who has reared these? I was left all alone. Where then have these come from? And thus says the Lord God, I will soon lift up my hand to the nations and raise my signal to the peoples. And they shall bring your sons in their bosom and your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. Kings shall be your foster fathers and queens your nursing mothers. And with their faces to the ground, they shall bow to you and lick the dust of your feet. And then you will know that I am the Lord and those who wait for me shall not be put to shame. Can the prey be taken from the mighty or the captives of a tyrant be rescued? But thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken and the prey of the tyrant be rescued. For I will contend with those who contend with you and I will save your children. I will make your oppressors eat their own flesh and they shall be drunk with their blood and wine. And then all flesh shall know that I am the Lord, your savior, your redeemer, the mighty one in Jacob. Certainly, in our Christian tradition, we read Isaiah in a manner which points us towards Christ and towards the salvific realities of Christ's kingdom. But Isaiah was speaking to and continues to speak to a particular people whose consistent experience is deep suffering in oppression and exile from their land. And like we mentioned last week, the promise of Isaiah points to not a type of individual or inner peace which comes from knowing Christ, but to a real communal, political, and physical peace promised by a God who is addressing this longing for justice, longing for home. And after all, this passage in and of itself, it isn't very peaceful in how we normally think of peace. It contains some disturbing imagery and, and deep conflict because I think in many ways Isaiah joins in the chant of 
No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. For Isaiah, there is an understanding that in order to have peace, things must first be made right. Justice is required and God will move and make things just. So for us, justice is an Advent orientation. When we bravely engage the difficult, sometimes even bloody conflicts of longing for things to be made right, we participate in and partner with God in making peace. And joy comes from a peace realized. Now, I do want to be clear, I'm not up here advocating for any sort of violent acts of vengeance. After all, if you know me, you know that I'm personally a pacifist. But I am simply recognizing that the human work of peace is often a messy cosmic conflict of justice, where peacemakers confront and dismantle dominions of death with the expectant hope that God is there. And as we prayed this morning, this peacemaking position is often one of relationship that lowers our defenses rather than raises attack. But the human reality is that in right relationship, there's still conflict. There's still difficulty. And to participate in justice means to address that conflict and not ignore it. To participate in making things right. And as Christians, we recognize the reality that the blood has already been spent in Christ. And so we can join in his work there. In Advent, we recognize the darkness and rehearse our longing for God. And in the darkness of 2020 and all that came before and all that will come, When God feels far away or seems to come and go unpredictably, when we see his miracles but don't experience his justice or his peace, peace is still a promise. Peace is a promise in which we participate through works of justice, of relationship, of making things right. And may you know that in our longing for peace, even when peace is not yet realized, it is in this promise that God will increase our joy. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people, and he will have compassion on his suffering ones. May this hope of peace bring you joy this Sunday.